0: of the week it's all the classical yeah. uh, music you know so and it, it just washes over me I mean I, I don't I don't listen with intensity for every note and stuff like that it's it's background uh, soothing background music for me and uh, makes me feel like there's another presence in this (laughs) it's a lonely business you know being a freelance cartoonist yeah you don't talk to anybody i i talk to a lot of cartoonists
1: and i know a lot of them like to listen to um to talk radio or podcasts or like to have a a voice going on in the background well you know it's uh,
0: uh it depends on on the kind of work you're doing uh uh the uh, the kind of work that i do i find that i have to think yeah all the uh, all the time because there's a there's a a, a new idea will pop into my head mm. and i'll change things around and redraw them and uh you know so uh and you're always I I I find that I'm always thinking creatively, you know. Like maybe it would look better doing it this way yeah. rather than that way. Maybe the colors are too intense. Maybe bring the colors down a little bit. You know, it's so uh, listening to talk would be counterproductive for me.
1: It's you know taking taking a look taking a look around the room, and we've got some um, got a a triangle over here, and and t squares and and rulers. It's a you take a very mathematical approach to your work.
0: Well, I you know I like to be uh, it looks chaotic, but I like <laughs> to be uh, as organized as I can be. I've got too much stuff. Hmm. Uh, what happens is uh, stuff that uh, I might have acquired uh thirty forty years ago uh is still useful, but yeah. I don't use it anymore and I hate to throw it out because it's, it's it just seems so wasteful and I try new things like take take a look over there at the markers mm-hmm. I have every kind of marker you can imagine, <laughs> and uh then when I go to use one, it's dried out yeah <laughs> but uh but but i'm I'm fairly well organized and uh, uh, i can I can put my hands on a glue gun or uh, soldering iron or you know I have everything here I have drill drills and uh, sanders uh, I don't use that in my work but uh, uh, you know I use it to do uh, things uh. For the studio or for mm-hmm.
1: for the apartment, it's not a messy area at all. It's really it's it's very well organized. There's just there's just a lot of surprising tools for a cartoonist workshop.
0: Yeah, it's 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 uh, the detritus of <laughs> of uh, years and years yeah. and years of 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 buying something for a special uh, need. And having a lot of it left over and uh, just not wanting to throw away something that's still useful and it hangs around for 25 years, you know, so it's kind of crazy. But uh, when my great-grandchildren come over Mm -hmm. and they they start doing things here, I give them all the old uh, paint and uh, pencils and markers. And they have a wonderful time, so it, it doesn't go to waste. It, it's interesting to hear, though, that you're you're still trying new
1: new things with with everything that you're trying new new materials and um, use, using new tools. I mean, you've been doing specifically, you've been doing the Fulton for what sixty years, something something like that.
0: Something like <laughs> since nineteen sixty four. Yeah, you know, so it's a long time, you know.
1: But it's you, you're still constantly trying something different every time.
0: Well, you know, as you go along, uh, uh, sometimes a special uh, a special need comes up. You know, where um, you have to paint out a whole area and put something else in there, and then you go, uh, you you look for. Uh, a uh, paint that uh, will dry so that you can work over it without it blending into the the, the new colors. So uh, that's what, how I discovered acrylics, and hmm. of course I went out and bought a whole set of <laughs> them. So, you know, so but uh, there is a bit of adventure involved, you know you. You uh, uh, you become bored doing this, doing things the same way yeah. all the time. I mean, this is not science. I, you can't go in a scientific laboratory. Uh, you can't um, uh, defy the laws of nature. But as a cartoonist, you can try all kinds of tricks. Yeah, I. Uh, as a matter of fact, with the folding I have just uh, uh, finished, uh, I see an area that uh, it has, it has, um, uh, it's, it's, it, 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 there are lights, and I want to, and, and I'd like to show the, the haze that uh, lights cause. And I thought, sort of, and the whole thing is painted with uh, gouache and acrylic. And I thought, hey, wait a minute. Suppose I take a yellow uh, pastel and a piece of cotton, uh, you know, a cotton puff, and just uh, gently uh, scumble it in. I can I can create a halo around these lights, and uh, so you know it's a, it's a tiny <laughs> little bit of excitement but but uh, if it comes out right, then you feel terrific
1: about it do, do you find that you're you're working on each of these up until the the last second that you're you're still fiddling with them
0: yeah i I can I probably could go on working on the same thing forever because there are always uh little Corrections that can be made. Um, uh, at, at some point, you have to leave it alone. Yeah, you, you have to say, "Well, yeah. this is, you know, this is, this does the job." Uh, sure, I can move these two figures over a little bit to the left and put another person in here. Uh, but what what will it add to it? Well not if it's nothing if it's something exciting uh sure i mean i, I would do it but if it's just uh, uh, you know it's just putting an extra figure in that doesn't do anything then
1: why bother with it i, I get the feeling with a, a lot a lot of artists and, and i suspect that you're like this to some degree particularly given the fact that you've been working in magazines for as long as you have that um that if it weren't for deadlines that you might never get anything out the door?
0: Well, uh, dead, deadlines are, are good uh, because they, uh, they work two ways. One is if you meet the deadlines, some people have trouble meeting deadlines. Yeah. Okay. I, I never have. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, uh, Mad's art director... Sam Viviano always says to me, "You're the only one that's always been on time <laughs> all these, you know, sixty-five years." And it's it, deadlines uh, became an obsession with me. Uh, but it works both ways. One, you keep your cust you keep your uh, client uh, happy. And the other thing is, uh, you go on to the next assignment, and as a freelance, uh, or what is now known as a independent contractor, mm-hmm. uh, I don't have any uh, uh, any of the benefits that employees uh, of, of a firm yeah. have. I, I'm an independent contractor, and so the uh, I don't worry about this uh, nowadays that much, but in the old days when I had kids in college and so on, uh, I wanted to get the thing in on time so I could start the next one mm. and uh, make some more money. Yeah, so uh, meeting deadlines has uh, you know a double benefit. one is you keep your client happy, the other is that you get on to the next pay pay day.
1: Was it always a goal to, to find um, a, a reoccurring piece? I mean, I know that you know the the story behind the the folden was that it kind of started off as a one off. But given that most of the work that you're best associated with are things like you know snappy answers or or the folden, you know, reoccurring ideas was it seems like that's kind of the uh, you know the key to to working in in magazines for so long is finding something that that at least you've got a, a head start every month
0: yeah that, that is the uh, it's the dream of freelance <laughs> yeah. uh, writers and artists is is to have to create a steady gig yeah. and uh, that's why I and all of my contemporaries sixty, seventy years ago. Our, our our greatest dream was to get a newspaper comic strip, mm. because that mm. goes on forever. Yeah. Uh, and you, if you hit it, if you hit it big, like uh, Sparky Schultz did with Peanuts, yeah. uh, you become a multimillionaire. Yeah, and uh, and then you uh, you also start cashing in on uh, ancillary uh, products like uh, movies and yeah. television and so on. So, all of us had the big dream of striking it rich with a syndicated comic strip. But, uh, as, as the years passed by, and uh, it became tighter and tighter because uh, the saying in the business was, in order to get a new feature into the papers, you had to knock an old feature out. Hmm. They didn't make more space yeah. in the newspaper. Yeah. So, uh, so, and, we, you know, a lot of the old features just went on forever. I mean, everybody loved Peanuts and Dick mm-hmm. Tracy and uh, Winnie Winkle and all the old f- favorites. And every now and then, of course, as, as uh, taste changed, as younger generations, uh, they, uh, newspapers wanted to attract younger gener- generations, they started looking for uh, features that were more up-to-date uh, uh, rather than the old-fashioned uh, bringing up father with Jigs and Maggie. You know, that, that's from 100 mm-hmm. years ago. So, things tightened up considerably, but uh, uh, then there are you know there were the the New Yorker cartoonists who had steady gigs, uh, Playboy's cartoonists, yep. uh, the ones who were uh, uh, popular, kept repeating all the time. Pfeiffer and yeah. yeah. Oh, yes, sure, Dad, had, uh, Hefner had uh, yeah. had a good eye. Um, he was living vicariously through these cartoonists because <laughs> that's how he started. You, want yeah, to, yeah, you yeah, wanted yeah. to be a cartoonist. It's so funny,
1: isn't it? Yes,
0: <laughs> and uh, so maybe he created a magazine so he could put his <laughs> cartoons into it.
1: It's so it's so funny when somebody starts and and wants to do what you end up doing for a living, but they go off and do something else and become so much more successful.
0: People have told me I uh, I should have been doing voiceovers. I would have made hmm. more money than I make as a cartoonist. Yeah,
1: <laughs> you seem to be doing this because it it it's something that you genuinely still enjoy doing.
0: Uh, yes, it's uh, <clears throat> one enjoys doing the things that uh, are natural yeah Uh, I mean if somebody had chosen me to be a basketball player I'd be in terrible trouble (laughs) I mean I wouldn't last for the first five minutes Mm -hmm. but uh, uh, cartooning drawing cartoons uh, came to me so easily uh when I was a little kid, uh, my father and my brother and I used to copy all the Sunday funnies. And uh, we had a wonderful time doing that. So, uh, I've pretty much done this all my life, whether I yeah. sold it or or didn't sell it. I, I, I even did it for the fun of it. But... Um, um, it's uh, you know making a living at anything is is not uh, easy. You have to you know you have to keep up with uh, with the trends with yeah. the times and and um, you have to be aware of what's going on around you. So uh, uh, the, the thing that helped me a lot was the fact that, uh, to some degree, I could also write. So, I, you know, I I wrote Snappy Answers and uh, then got to draw it. Uh, as a matter of fact, when, when I wrote the first batch of them, and I handed it in, uh, speculatively, uh I immediately got the assignment to do the finished art. Hmm. So, uh, it was a double pay, double payday. And the same with the fold-in. I created the fold-in, which is a writing job. And uh, then I set about trying to figure out how to make this thing work as a a one-shot. As a matter of fact, when the editor after he bought the first one uh came to me and said all right where's the next fold in i said al there is no next fold in it's a one-time gag uh you know everyone's doing fold outs yeah and matt is doing a fold in it's one shot gag he says i want another one he said and, and sort of jokingly he said if you don't come up with another one, you can't work for me anymore. I said, okay, I'll I'll come up with another one if you insist. And, uh, unfortunately, uh, uh, an idea popped into my head immediately because it was a battle between Nixon and Goldwater uh, for the Republican nomination. And uh, I got an idea that uh, went with that and it was really uh, the first example of what the fold in had to be, which is that there's a surprise. In the first one that I did, it was a gag. It was not a surprise. You, the picture did not change after you folded. Mm. But on the the one with Nixon, the one with Goldwater, and uh, it was Goldwater and Rockefeller. And when you folded it, it turned into Nixon. Mm. So, th- that, And you didn't see Nixon in the first yeah. picture, but you saw him clearly in the second picture. And that, that set the tone. See, that, that's how an idea uh, uh, sometimes succeeds, is that uh, you carry it a step further, and that sets it up. So, so for the first one, just the fact that it's
1: uh, playing off of the fold-outs was, was enough to that keep a, the gag going.
0: That's the big joke. The yeah. Big, oh, you guys are doing... Well, We <laughs> our copy even stated that it says, all these fancy magazines are doing full-color yeah. fold-outs. Mad, cheap old mad will do a black-and-white fold-in. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, it just... Went the opposite way, and uh, it's supposed to be, you know, a little gag and goodbye. But uh, to my great fortune, the editor Al Feldstein, he saw something in it, and he said, "I want another one. I don't care how you do it. I want another one." And I realized I couldn't repeat them. I couldn't repeat the, the gimmick yeah the first one yeah I had to come up with a new one, and it had to be a surprise that you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to guess what it's going what's going be after you fold it and it and it worked
1: one, one of the things i i think is is funny about the um this the the story of the first fold and the way you tell it is um it sounds like you 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 approached al essentially saying, I I know you're not going to go for this, (laughs) you know. There was, um, you maybe didn't have a ton of of confidence in in the pitch.
0: No, I didn't have confidence in it. Uh, As a a matter of fact, I I figured we'd get a little chuckle out of it, and and he'd wave me out of the room. Because when I walked in, I said, Al, I had a – I had what I thought was a funny thought, but I know you're not going to buy this because it mutilates the magazine. That's number one. Uh, Mad liked to promote the notion that these are collectibles. Every issue of Mad, uh the kids who bought Mad, they wanted the next one for their collection. Yeah, and uh, so I said it. It, it mutilates. A, a, a cover, the a, a back cover of the magazine, uh, or a page in the magazine. And he, he, he. he Al was very direct. He, uh, he was. He could be difficult to work with because of his directness. Uh, if you were, uh, if you were very sensitive, he didn't fool around. So. I gave it to him, he read it, and then he folded it over, and he said, I like this, jumped up and ran into Bill Gaines, the publisher, and came back five minutes later and said, Bill says he likes it too, and if the kid uh, mutilates his magazine, he'll buy another magazine for his collection. (laughs) So, looking at it from the money (laughs) point of view... But that was it. That was a one-time gag. Yeah. And yet, uh, once, I, once I pulled the second one off, I knew I had uh, a tiger by the tail uh, that I'm going to be pushed to keep doing these things. So uh, the, the, the first two came very easily. Uh, uh, for some reason the Goldwater-Rockefeller battle uh, made it I I just simply had them the two of them in a debate and in the background there were a couple of pieces of equipment and uh, when you folded it in the equipment turned into Richard Nixon's face And very clearly, Richard Nixon's face uh, in a caricature, illustrative caricature form. And uh, I thought to myself, wow, this thing could have legs because, uh, you know, it's a surprise. And uh, if I were a reader, I certainly would enjoy Uh, a little surprise like that but then I faced the reality of coming up with another one and another one and uh, they 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 were very very difficult in the early days uh they go a little bit easier now because it's a cooperative effort uh you know, I'm not. I don't have my finger on the pulse of America, uh, especially the young people. Uh, so I'm not uh, too familiar with things that involve celebrities yeah. and uh, uh, technology. Uh, so, you know, the the editors at Mad will call me and say, "Can you do something with?" Such and such, and they'll throw out a few names and uh, what they do and stuff like, like, say the Kardashians. I mean, I wouldn't.
1: <laughs> You're not watching the Kardashians show? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: it's probably for the best.
0: Well, then the editors are they—they they deal with that that kind of stuff all the time. Yeah. Uh, they said, why don't you have such-and-such such, uh, happen? And uh, then I play with it. I come up with one version, i come up with another. And uh, sometimes I do three or four versions in sketch form, like the... Well, I have the sketches over here somewhere, but, um, uh, you know, I just... Uh, I, I pick their minds, you know. I, I say, all right, what what are the Kardashians famous for? What, are, you know, I've heard a little bit about yeah. them, yeah, uh, and uh, they clue me in on on some of the highlights, and uh, I get enough information so that I can make a basic comment. Hmm. Uh, you can't get too complicated in a fold-in because it just ask a question and gives an answer and then there's a surprise picture so you know you can't uh uh you can't write a novel with it you know you just it's it's still a one-shot gag but at um the surprise element is really uh, its major virtue uh, the fact that you are looking at one picture and then you bend a piece of paper yeah. and it turns into another one
1: it's amazing that you crack the code that quickly
0: well i uh that's my job
1: <laughs> the goldwater uh rockefeller nixon is is an interesting example you know it's and and I think in a way it's indicative to your and traditionally mad's approach to politics where it's making a comment on something, but not necessarily being too malicious about it, you know, of just sort of, um, a kind of a broader discussion about how silly the, 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 the business of politics is.
0: Yes. Uh, you, you're absolutely right, Brian. Uh, mad does not have an ax to grind, uh, uh, of course everyone in the world has their own personal view of politics, religion, and all the major uh, <laughs> issues but ma- the philosophy of, of the mad editors has always been uh, looking for the humor in, uh, in ridiculous behavior mm-hmm. whether it's by politicians or whether it's by your neighbors or whatever, uh, so it's puncturing balloons, really. Uh, if 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 uh, if, if uh, people be uh, politicians make speeches that are clearly baloney. And Matt has something to work on. Yeah. And, uh, but it's, uh, it's not mean-spirited. It's really going for laughs. It's, it's going for laughs. Now, the person who happens to be getting skewered may not think that it's very funny, Mm -hmm. but, uh you know i i there is there is no personal uh, even with uh, even with president elect trump um uh, they if they were, uh, they had him on the cover uh they weren't making fun of his politics they made fun of his hairdo you know it's it, and it's uh, it's not uh, in-depth political yeah. satire it's just uh, saying hey look at this isn't it, isn't this funny perhaps the fact that it's targeted toward a
1: younger audience um, makes it a little bit easier to have a lighter touch
0: Yeah I, I, I think so it's, it's uh, you know it's actually just uh, uh, nudging. Famous people. And and we even uh, do, you know, d- uh, do things. Well, I know in the fold ins I've done things that were uh, complimentary. Uh, I did a Stephen Colbert fold in once, and uh, uh, it was, you know, I didn't say what rotten show is. Uh, Taking over television and, and the answer Stephen Colbert. No, <laughs> that wasn't it. It was uh, it was just a commentary on what uh, what Stephen Colbert's show is like, you know, and what what his humor is like. And uh, uh, no, I don't think I, I don't think meanness enters into it. Yeah, it's really just. Having it's like the way you make fun of your teacher. You don't hate your teacher. You make fun of your teacher. You know. Uh, I mean, most students respect their teachers. But uh, but there are times when when it uh, uh, you know, for example, if if Mad was to do something about. Uh, trump's speeches uh, how could they avoid uh, uh, showing that his statements were not true yeah you know so um, you uh, you focus on that aspect of it to get uh, to get the humor of it it's a tricky business uh, there's satire that's just mean and cruel and has no redeeming value and there's satire that even the person who's being satirized can laugh at especially when we're talking about politics sometimes you're just angry
1: sometimes you know sometimes it's not easy to find a gentle way to lampoon something sometimes you really just you you do feel like on a personal level and we've all felt this that you do kind of have an axe to grind yes that's true uh you're not a political person by nature no
0: I'm political but I I I don't feel that uh, that it's fair to uh, insult anybody uh gratuitously yeah um uh, yes I could I can see doing a satirical piece about uh for example I'm just making it up as I go along here um Trump standing in front of a mirror uh, and Trump says one thing and the mirror yeah. says another thing. Yeah. Uh, so you have you have a device and uh, uh, it's, uh, but it's not saying just uh, listen to this, read this and, and learn what a terrible person this man is. No, it doesn't say that. He he would think that. <laughs> he he can't take a joke. Yeah, no. <laughs> he get, his temperament is unfortunately <laughs> very much on the surface, and uh, uh, however, it, uh, it remains to be seen. Now, I can see doing a satirical piece. About uh, the uh, the the what they call the the typical Trump voter, yeah, uh, a, a white uneducated guy, as is what they describe. Yeah, those were where his votes came from. And the satirical point is that what he's doing, and what he has done in the past, is absolutely against their best interests. So, uh, you know, there are a lot of people who have jobs in America making things that go to China. Not all of it comes from China here, Uh, but uh, when uh, Trump uh, roused them up by saying, uh, we're going to stop exporting your job to China. Uh, if you don't think think it through, uh, you realize that uh, you may be exporting your job to China by cutting off the uh, market for American goods in China, mm-hmm. which you are making. Yeah. So, of course, it's complicated. I mean, in some instances, it uh, works to some people's benefit, and in some other instances it works in the opposite way. But the general feeling among uh, uh, the economists that I've been reading, uh, they feel that the workers who voted for Trump to make their lives better uh, may be in for a surprise. You
1: you actually, I think, and, and you're touching on an interesting point about Political satire, and this is something that people say a lot, and I think this certainly applies to your work. Is the idea of punching up versus punching down? Um, you know, make making fun of Trump is one thing, but you know, it's it's less, it's harder to be sort of tactful and, res, you know, res, respectful if you're making fun of poor voters. <laughs> you know, it's it's not, it's you know, it's I your job your job is to kind of to 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 hit at the people in 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 positions of power in a sense
0: certainly making making fun of uh workers who feel insecure about their future and their family's future that that would be a stupid thing to do and yeah. it's not something that we would do at mad uh, but Uh, You know, there are, and some of it is so complicated and heavy that man can't touch certain kinds of subject matter anyway, Uh, uh, the the mere fact that uh, as a campaigner uh, Trump railed against Wall Street but now he's appointing nothing but Wall Street people to cabinet posts, there's something uh, upside down there, and uh, I, I don't think it's going to be lost on the uh, the voters that he enticed into voting for him uh, when someone in their community, their their, uh, that they respect, maybe their minister uh, or their priest or whoever says, well, how do you feel about it now? Uh, he promised to get rid of the influence of Wall Street, and he's appointing nothing but Wall Street people. So, you know, there's a lot a lot of stuff to work with, but <laughs> in, in a country as big as, as the United States of America... Uh, you'll never attain a hundred percent happiness for any group. Uh, it, you know, it just depends on whose cow is being gored. Uh, you know, some, some, if some, one person gets, uh, a terrific advantage, uh, it may be because a lot of other people are losing an advantage, you know. It's the way of the world. I mean, you know, we, uh, we're competitive. It it would be nice to live in a utopia where everyone, but then the dirty word of socialism comes into it. Uh, you want to have a government that makes us all equal, where Trump and and you and I earn the same amount of money. Nobody wants that society. Is it uh, at
1: at 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 ninety five? Having having seen as much as as you have, having lived through as many presidents a, as you have, is it is it frustrating? Does it feel like you know that for all the progress that's made over the years, that it just kind of everything kind of slips back and 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 reverts, and that everything's cyclical to some degree? You know, after what felt like. Eight years of making some progress with the with the last president that we had. Um, does it just feel like everything just kind of ends up going going back? That that everything repeats itself.
0: Well, it seems that that's the way the world works. Yeah. Uh, the the greatest uh, apprehension that I have is that we shouldn't drift into. A, uh, a a controlled state. I mean, democracy is a very delicate concept. And uh, when you have uh, uh, a very powerful individual taking over and promising one group everything and another group nothing... Uh, you know, you're setting groups against each other, it could wind up where, uh, you know, before Hitler took over in Germany, German Germany was a very, very civilized society, highly educated, uh, I mean, not everybody, but uh, certainly uh, they had... A lot of uh, educated people and a lot of functioning industries Uh, they did suffer from the uh, punishment after World War Mm one and uh, that probably had more to do with Hitler's rise than anything else but then the depression Mm -hmm. came and hit hit them as well as uh, the rest of us so uh, by uh, finding scapegoats like uh, uh, Jews and Gypsies and uh, others, non-Arians, uh, and uh, you know, creating that kind of havoc and uh, and creating an army of stormtroopers, uh, you could take over a country, and they did and then they marched and took over other countries as well. So, uh, that was a very dark period in the world's life. Uh, And for me personally, having lived through that era, I, I, as a matter of fact, and my brothers were rescued uh, pretty close uh, to the, uh, uh, invasion of, uh, Lithuania. Uh, we left a li- just a little bit before the invasion. And, uh, and, of, and of course, uh, everyone there was, everyone we knew was, was murdered. So, uh, in, in I'm, I'm not claiming I'm a Holocaust survivor. I mean, I wasn't caught in the Holocaust, but if I had stayed another yeah. year, I would have been. So, uh, you know, you wonder how how, someone like Hitler could become such a strong man. And uh, that that's a, a fear that has uh, every now and then popped up in America as well. As uh, there was Huey Long, yeah, there was uh, uh, George Wallace, Wallace yeah. and then and a number of others yeah. who uh, were seizing power by denouncing everything in a democracy. So uh, that the thing that that make made me very nervous during this recent campaign is, uh, all the things that, uh, Trump was against he, Muslims, uh, uh, Mexicans, Mexicans, you yeah. know, it, um, uh, and it's just, uh, one step more. And, uh, you could be doing what Hitler did, you know, uh, it's, uh, that's scary uh i'm I'm hoping that uh, that won't happen and uh, I think that uh, Trump is basically uh, more narcissistic than he is uh, cruel yeah and uh, I think he just enjoys being the top man and i I, I don't think he uh, he needs to hold on to power by uh, creating concentration camps for the people that he uh, uh, reviled.
1: I, uh, I I was I was reading an interview with you, and you had mentioned um, I, I can't remember if it was one of your pieces or you being somebody else's, but you, uh, it was a piece about um, about ra- about shaving razors uh, and essentially what you said about it was you know that that there was a joke about adding more and more razors and you know now that's happened right now there are razors (laughs) with six or seven and i'm wondering if you know if you can kind of look at this this sure seems to be the case that um when 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 you look at uh films and, and 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 art um satirical pieces or otherwise uh that the People going to the extreme to uh, to to critique a politician. It, it seems like reality has become that absurd. <laughs> Life
0: is full of surprises. Some good, some not so good. You know. Uh, I you know I'm uh, I don't fancy myself as being a great. Um, of the future. Uh, I, like uh, the rest of us, most of us, just hope for the best. Uh, as a matter of fact, I, I like what uh, uh, Obama said to uh, Trump uh, that uh, we owe he is the president and we owe him the support. That a president deserves uh, for the sake of the country, and uh, that's true. Now, uh, no one agreed a hundred percent with uh, Franklin Roosevelt or Eisenhower or or any of the presidents we had. Even even George Washington had it had his uh, enemies. Yeah. But, uh, but. The, the most important thing to preserve is the American uh, democracy it's a it's it's respected throughout the world and uh, uh, countries everywhere have tried to emulate the idea some successfully some not too successfully so, uh, as far as I'm concerned, I just want the American democracy to succeed, and that means that uh, Trump has to succeed. Because I don't, I don't want uh, Trump, uh, you know, excoriated simply because he is uh, he's a Republican and uh, I'm a Democrat. I mean, ultimately, we become part of one country uh, after, after the election finishes. And uh, uh, he's had a successful career with some bumps in it. <laughs> yeah, he's, some of his uh, yeah. projects have failed. Uh, and I think if he was humble about that, Um, a lot of us would have felt uh, much warmer towards him but uh, his arrogance is disturbing Uh, he he uh, easily turns one of his failures into a great success and uh, uh, he uh, I mean he he should be a little humbler. You know, there, there's such a thing as as being able to say, "I didn't do as well on that project as I yeah. had hoped to," and I apologize for that. I
1: was having a conversation with a a friend the other day who's who's an artist, and um, you know, I, I said to her, uh, the, "the the thing, the thing that it's that that you sh- you should remember as a creative person is that." we tend to look at ourselves as kind of the um, the total of our failures, you know, and, and we remember the, the last thing that we did. But from the outside, for, for most people, it's our resume is all of the kind of – all of the accomplishments stacked up on top of each other. I can't disagree with that. <laughs> are you still hard on yourself? You know, are you when, – when, when you look around the room and, and you see your work, I mean, are you – you, you had mentioned uh, the Holden that you're working on right now um, that you're maybe slightly obsessed over the over the lighting um, when 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 you look back at your work do you just see where you could have done better
0: that sometimes uh, sometimes it 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 has to do with uh, uh, the subject matter that You know, I could have done a better idea here, a better idea there. Uh, But lately, it hasn't been the subject matter as much as the physical matter. I have developed two things in my right hand that are very exasperating and frustrating. One is uh, uh, arthritis uh, in these two fingers which will spread to the other fingers I'm sure over time and the other is a tremor so uh, I have it takes me a, a long time to draw a figure that I used to knock out in about five seconds Yeah. Now I laboriously have to work on it, and the physical constraints of old age, uh, and I'm hanging in there, but I'm complaining.
1: You're probably doing better than you thought you would at ninety-five.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> I think I think for for my age, I I'm doing uh, probably surprisingly well. Yeah. But it's laborious. To do something that used to be like, uh, well, uh, just translate it into a physical thing like uh, hopping across a puddle. When I was 20, I could jump over a a six-foot puddle. Now I have to walk around it. I I land in the middle of it. It's the same with uh, doing the artwork where I used to... Have a flourish, you know. I could, I could make a beautiful line like that. Uh, Now it's very laborious, and I have to make a lot of corrections uh, uh, after I'm finished because it has a little wiggle here, a little uh, involuntary move someplace. It's it's more labor intensive now, but What uh, an advantage that I still have is that the mental image that I uh, I see. uh, An artist can't just close his eyes and start drawing. You have a mental image of what you're going to put down on the paper, Mm -hmm. on the canvas. So my mental images are good. It's just getting my physical yeah. uh, uh, hands to uh, follow my mental image, and that is a strain. And uh, but I, but I, I battle it, and it just takes me twice as long to do a job as it used to. Uh, it's frustrating because I'd. Uh, you know, you, you want to get on with it, you know, not just dawdle and make corrections and fix things. Uh, so uh, I'll keep doing it as long as I can, uh, but there will be a point, and I guess it'll, it'll probably be in the not-too-distant future, to put it mildly, when uh, someone at mad is going to say, "What's this squiggle doing here?"
1: You know. Do the pieces take on more import, um, given the fact that a that they just take that much longer to produce, and that b that you know you you at this point kind of have a finite number left in you. You know, there's only so many more of these, right? That um, that you're you're going to produce does that make each one of them a little little more important uh,
0: they're not all the same uh, this particular one has a zillion little figures in it and I don't like to uh, just uh, step and repeat figures that, that all yeah. look alike I like to give each one uh, its own A character, as if it's, as if it was a photograph, uh, in a uh, uh, of a crowd. And so, uh, if I want one person has straight hair, another person has curly hair, uh, another person has big eyes, another person has small eyes. You know, those little differences. But when they get to be, you know, no uh, half-inch tall, yeah. uh, they're not that easy to draw. And um, you didn't take a look at that. I haven't seen
1: it yet. No. Yeah,
0: well, when I show it to you, you'll see what I mean. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the this particular one is is more difficult than uh, than some others uh, where there are maybe two large figures and, and that's it mm-hmm. but here I have about 50 little tiny creatures uh, and uh, each one is, has its own personality so uh, I was holding a magnifying glass in my In fact, my wife Joyce uh, went to look up if we can find a, uh, because my eyes aren't good enough for these tiny little things, uh, a uh, magnifying glass, because I don't think my eyes can be corrected anymore, and magnifying glass really is the only solution. To my being able to continue working, a lot of people are able to to cut corners and just
1: sort of do, you know get get turn in the 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 you know the lowest the lowest possible bar they can. But you've never really been able to do that, have you?
0: If I see a picture that I want, yeah, that's the picture I want to draw. Yeah, and uh, uh, this particular fold in. Uh, relies on, on a crowd. It's a theater filled with people. And uh, they're all doing all kinds of things. And so uh, I just need some kind of, a, of an aid, uh, yeah. you know, a, a mechanical aid, like that jewel or a yeah. headset uh, and, or a gooseneck. A uh, magnifier. Uh, yeah, I, I, that would. The you know, the, yesterday I was working, holding a magnifying glass in my left hand, and yeah. I was yeah. painting with my right hand, and it's very uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, you got to have both hands free, uh, for balance, you know, and so if I have. Uh, A magnifier that has a stand. Yeah. uh, Clip-on stand or
1: something like that. It sounds like she's still very supportive. I mean, she's not, uh, at at this point, she's not just trying to convince you to just retire. And No,
0: no. Uh, She recognizes uh, that uh, we each have our needs. Uh, Joyce is a indefatigable reader I mean I think she reads a book a day yeah. she is constantly on on her Kindle and uh, real regular books and all of that Yeah, and I don't interrupt her <laughs> I, I just let her quietly sit and read and she doesn't bother me uh, but we cooperate with each other And uh, we get along very well that way. Um, And uh, she's smarter than I am. She knows the computer ten times better than I do. So whenever I have a problem, I yell and she comes and she (laughs) fixes the computer. Uh, So, you know, it we're a team and we 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 uh, help each other but uh, so she's been looking up these uh, she's found a whole raft of them on Amazon Um, floor lamps with a magnifier Uh, but I feel that I I have to see the thing and sit down under it to get the feel of it it might be it might be something that's much too awkward now the one you pointed out is that that's like eyeglasses, yeah that magnify. I'm pretty sure they'll go
1: over a set of glasses, but uh, we can we can look them up yeah. so it's um are are you are you solely working on the the fold ins at this point? Is that pretty much what you're up to?
0: yeah it's pretty much although I did a special page in color for mad last a couple of weeks ago um i'll do a special project here and there yeah. but because the folding takes me so much longer now from uh, g- getting approval of the idea sketch to the finished product uh is about two weeks mm. So that doesn't leave a lot of time, yeah uh because I have other things to uh take care of and uh, and I need a little bit of rest every now and then, so uh 'cause it gets it's very tiring to uh mend over a drawing table all day long, and it's probably tiring being ninety five right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well. I'm closer to ninety six <laughs> than I am to ninety five. You'll get your
1: second wind yeah.
0: when at ninety six. Working is yeah. important to me because I can't. I I, I kid my uh, my wife Joyce with by saying. Uh, I'm I'm a producer, not a consumer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm more comfortable producing something yeah. than I am just sitting around consuming other people's work. Yeah. So, and and you know that that is a a, a character uh, thing. There, are, there are people who uh, enjoy consuming television, and, uh, networking on computers, and uh, reading and all, uh, doing all the consumption stuff and there are other people who like to build something to make a chair or yeah. a cabinet yeah. and uh, I fall into the making things category um, when I had a house I had a workshop and I had something called a shopsmith which was a five five tools in one all, all professional Quality tools, and I made, you know, my kids' furniture, their, my daughter's dollhouse. Uh, you know, I'm, I, I, I made storm windows. Uh, you know, I, I enjoyed working with my hands, and uh, adding whatever creative uh, ideas I could into it. Uh, for one thing, I could design things and then make
1: them. Having been able to work work on this and continue doing it for as long as you have, do you think that's contributed to the fact that you're still as alert as you are? Do you think that that's kind of helped, that that might have added a few years to your life?
0: Well, I'd be guessing uh, everything I've heard is uh, about getting old is... Uh, that people who don't exercise their minds and their brains uh, uh, deteriorate now i i'm not a doctor and i certainly am not a a psychiatrist or uh, so i i i have no idea of how deterioration of the brain takes place but i would assume that like any piece of machinery mm-hmm. or muscle or muscle yeah. if you keep it moving and keep it oiled and keep it uh functioning yeah. uh it has its advantages i think that's just my personal guess but um, it it seems to be supported by by uh articles i've read uh about uh, keeping uh, people who are in old age homes, active, so that uh, they don't drift into uh, senility. And of course, some of them are physically, uh, yeah, not preventable. But uh, I, I think keeping keeping the brain exercised is probably as good as keeping your muscles of your arms and legs exercised I, and
1: you're always thinking about art in some form
0: i'm always i'm always scribbling down ideas yeah. uh, i have tons of ideas in fold, folders that i will never get to which breaks my heart because hmm. when i got the idea And I started rattling off one after another uh, cartoon book ideas. I also had graphic novel ideas. Uh, But uh, a lot of these things require intensity. You can't just be flippant about it. Oh, I'll knock off a a, a, you know, a graphic novel. <laughs> no, you gotta. Yeah. You gotta devote maybe six months, or who knows, yeah. maybe longer, to uh, writing the thing and then drawing the thing. And it's just not a. Uh, it's not a hobby. Um, I have children's book ideas. I love the. I I love children's books. Especially if if I have a chance to introduce uh, fold in like gimmickry yeah uh i have a number of those ideas do you ever regret
1: not at some point maybe taking more time to work on a, a, a standalone project like a like a graphic novel and maybe take a break from the the month-to-month magazine business I've
0: thought about that, and uh, uh, Harvey Kurtzman, a dear, dear friend who created Mad Magazine and who uh, was a schoolmate uh, much younger than I was. was When I was a senior, he was a freshman. It's three years, Al. (laughs) At the time, it seemed much younger. (laughs) but um, harvey harvey had pithy comments about everyone he knew yeah uh, he was a sweetheart of a man and uh, he uh, about me he said he I heard him telling somebody al jaffe needs an assignment <laughs> in other words i Al Jaffe's not going to walk in and say, "Hey, I've got a yeah. great idea." Yeah. Uh, or,
1: or. And if you do, and if you do, in the case of the folded, it'll it'll be like, uh, "Oh, you're not going to like this idea."
0: <laughs> I have negative feelings about my own ideas, <laughs> but Harvey was right uh, by by saying, uh, "I need." Yeah. Uh, uh, an assignment what, what he meant was n- not uh, hey Al Jaffe I want you to do uh, a uh, story about Santa Claus no it wasn't like that what, it, what he meant was uh, I need a good sports story So, I gave him one. Yeah. Because at that time, I was watching boxing, and it wasn't for me to draw, even. Uh, Jack Davis did the drawing, and he was brilliant at it. He did it. Yeah. And Harvey's smart enough to pick Jack Davis to do my point of view on boxing, which was, you know, I... I kind of praised boxing while mayhem was going on. Yeah. And uh, so that's the satirical aspect of it was uh, that uh, we all uh, admired watching somebody getting beaten to death. (laughs) And uh, we call it sport, you know. The sweet science. Yeah, (laughs) the sweet science. But anyway... All that Harvey had to say is, "Give me something on sports." Yeah. That was my assignment. You didn't
1: need hand-holding, but maybe uh, uh, parameters or boundaries, or at least like somebody to point you in a direction.
0: Uh, sometimes you did. Yeah. Yeah. I loved working with Harvey because uh, he wasn't flippant. When anything he touched was uh, deeply thought. Yeah. And when, when he said to me, come up with something about sport, I walked in with uh, a rough of the boxing because boxing was very big at the, in the early days of television. There were major fights going on Wednesdays and Saturdays and all the time, uh, in every class, and uh, I was fascinated with it myself until I started to feel the brutality of it, uh, which took a while, because, you know, somebody else is getting beat up. Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
1: It's hard to look at you know Muhammad Ali at the end of his life and not feel like he didn't take a lot of punishment. Oh, of course, yeah. it is a brutal sport. Yeah.
0: Uh, they try to uh, 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 you know sugarcoat it by calling it the manly art of self-defense. Mm-hmm. It is not the manly art mm-hmm. of self-defense. It's a bunch of brokers who get yeah. two guys like as if they were uh, putting on a cockfight. And uh, throwing them together, and uh, beat each other's brains out. It's a good thing you became an artist, <laughs> <laughs> right? So anyway, no, I I loved working with Harvey, and uh, I think I came up with some of my best ideas with uh, wor- working in tandem yeah. with Harvey. Uh, he. Uh, uh, and and the, and the reason why i felt strongly about it is that uh he didn't suffer fools lightly you know you couldn't come in with a piece of junk yeah. just because it had a funny drawing uh you, it had to have substance
1: the the fact i mean the fact that you were working with 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 harvey and and jack davis and you know later uh, sergio and will elder and all these people who are you know now regard are you know arnold roth all these people who are are regarded now as as geniuses i mean you had to have been at the top of your game <laughs> in order to 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 feel like a peer right i mean that must have pushed you to be a much, a much better artist, especially having you know re- literally grown up with them.
0: I, th- I think it was just a natural affinity. Yeah. Uh, I, you, you can't copy Arnold Roth, or Jack Davis, uh, or Will Elder. They were un- each one was unique. Yeah. Uh, and uh, all I. I I certainly never thought of myself as competing with any of these people. I was competing with myself and uh, uh, I preferred writing my own material because then it made it a lot easier for me to illustrate because I knew what was behind it all. Working on other people's scripts uh, made me nervous. Because uh, I felt insecure of, of maybe botching up somebody else's eye, idea because you know you can't transmit a hundred percent from one brain to another uh, you you know someone you I I have worked on other people's scripts and. Uh, in some instances, I really didn't—I uh, didn't produce what was needed. But in other instances, I enhanced the script. I took it a, a couple of steps beyond where where it was. It was kind of m- mild, and I added stuff to it. So it's a—it's—it's it's more difficult working on other people's material uh, because you don't want to give them, you don't want to shortchange them uh, it's like you know people who write movies and then they put in actors that the author doesn't think is doing a yeah. good enough job you know, and the same thing can happen with cartooning. You know, uh, sequential art. Uh, you know, I, I when I worked for uh, Timely Comics, Stanley. Yeah, Stanley Stan Lee was my editor, and um, Stan and I got along quite well. And he would throw things at me, and boy, I. I tried my best to deliver because, you know, I knew Stan was not going to uh, accept anything but the best. And uh, I, in fact, I said to Stan once, I says, you're not going to have me doing teenage. Uh, I don't know anything about teenage girls. You know, this is when we're doing straight stuff. It's not... Not satire, but he forced Patsy Walker on me, and I did turn it into a satire, a satirical yeah. uh, thing in a way. Uh, I mean, uh, it, it had a lot of teenage uh, angst and stuff like that in it. Uh, who's going to take whom to the prom? The, you know, it was de rigueur. You had to do that but uh, then i i i was also able to bring in social issues as uh, a new kid in the neighborhood being bullied of course patsy walker was the heroine so patsy devised a scheme in which she exposed uh you know the uh, the bu- how the bullying how the bullying would affect the people who were the bullies if mm-hmm. they if the tables were turned yeah. you know so it had a little bit of a moral thing and i enjoyed doing that kind of stuff because it was just straight storytelling with a little bit of of a message uh but then stan then threw super rabbit at me Oh, I, I had to do superhero plots with a rabbit, <laughs> but it was fun. Yeah. I uh, that did turn out to be satirical. I'll give you an example. Yeah. Super Rabbit battles a half dozen bad guys, comes home. He de- he defeats them, comes home. And he looks in the mirror, and his cape is torn, his outfit is all smudged with blood and filth, and and a call comes in uh, from somewhere that there's an emergency situation going on, and he looks at himself in the mirror, he says, I can't go out like this. (laughs) So he rushes to a tailor, and the tailor fixes it and cleans it and all that, and then he's able to go out and fight crime. But you know, there's yeah. a lot of little throwaway gags along the way. You know, Stan, Stan and I just we really did get along very well. I I never uh, took advantage of of, uh, of of the situation. I always regarded him as my boss and he, he was the main editor. I was an associate editor after a while. I didn't even want the job. He came to me and said, go- you're going to be the uh, uh, humor and teenage editor. He said, I'm not, I'm not editor quality. <laughs> he said, oh, you'll do it or else. That sounds like the Stanley I know. Yeah. We but we, 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 did, uh, we did get along very well because I'm proud to say this. Uh, no matter what he threw my way, I pulled it off. Yeah. He even threw, he called me one, one day and said, I need a, uh, a crime story, eight pages, and I need it by the middle of next week. So I said, "Well, what kind of a crime?" You said, I don't care. You make it's good. it's going into one of our detective magazines. I forget the name of the magazine, but it was a straight magazine that dealt with with uh, crime. So, uh, I sat down and well, he he said. Write it, pencil it, ink it, bring it in. He says, don't you want to edit it? I've never done this before. He says, no, I don't want to edit it. Do it. So I did the eight pages, brought it in. He said it was great. Uh, I did a, a Bonnie and Clyde takeoff you know a couple of normal young people who uh, I can't remember it now I did it 60 yeah. 70 years ago but the idea that he would say give me eight pages write it pencil it ink it the only thing i wouldn't wasn't doing is the lettering and uh, and he's not going to even edit the script. That's very unusual. And uh, that made me feel very uh, warm towards Stan. Mm-hmm. I've, always, I've always felt Stan was, you know, that we had a relationship. Uh, I, not One that I wouldn't take advantage of by cozying up to him he was the supreme editor and i was one of his lackeys and that's the way i i think it worked you've you've had i don't know if luck's the right word but um
1: you've worked with a lot of really great people on you know as far as between him and and all of the artists and editors at MAD that you worked with and all the other projects I mean you've had a pretty, pretty good string over the years
0: I've been very fortunate to uh, uh, have not only some of the best artists and writer yeah. colleagues but uh, uh, to even had a, a a little bit of a social relationship to many of them and uh, it's 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 been you know all in all it's been a wonderful uh, life there have been a lot of pressure times of pressure uh, there are times when I worked through the night And without any sleep, drove into New York from Babylon, Long Island, half asleep, which was foolish. But I've always been uh, a little bit crazy about meeting deadlines. And uh, if I had a deadline that morning, even if I had no sleep, I was going to finish the job and drive in, which was stupid. I mean, I should have hired somebody to do it uh but anyway uh the the rewards really have been uh not so much financial uh although i'm you know i i'm not complaining about uh finances lived uh, you know a, decent middle-class life but uh it's been rewarding in all the friends that i made and colleagues that i got to know so uh socially and in business and all in all it's been a wonderful trip I, i i i cherish uh the memories of all the people that i that i met and uh Uh, Unfortunately, uh, so many of them are gone, that kind of makes me sad. But the ones who are still here, I meet with uh, Arnie and Caroline Roth, we see regularly, and others as well.
1: Hey everybody, it's Brian. I am uh, just, just back from Las Vegas, Nevada, been uh, over one of the, the worst colds that I've had in recent memory and slowly, <laughs> slowly regaining the use of my voice. Uh, good to be back in New York. Glad to be back bringing you guys episode 200. We recorded this uh, about a month or so in in Al Jaffe's studio in Manhattan. Um, thanks to Jeff for, uh, for setting it up. Thanks to Al for sitting down. You know, we... Uh, obviously wanted to get somebody really special for episode 200 Uh, for those of you who've been listening for a while know that uh, episode 100 we had uh, john and john from they might be giants who meant a lot to me growing up or uh, one of the first uh one of the first my bands that i that i ever ever got into and and really (laughs) for better or worse set me down a, a certain musical path and i think mad magazine is is the same for a lot of people it's it's really funny um about a week or so before we recorded this interview, I recorded a, another show that's coming up in the near future that I'm also really excited to bring to you with that kid, Congo Powers. And he was talking about the early days of punk and, and, and talking about CBGBs and trying to describe uh, looking around a room. And it was it was really, it was before the, the punk rock aesthetic really congealed. Um, you know, I think before the the Ramones really had uh, that large of an influence or or Richard Hell created one consistent aesthetic for for the entire scene and he said uh, looking around was like looking around at a a Mad Magazine panel and many said that I knew exactly what he was talking about and and I knew that he was probably talking about Al Jaffe and in fact he, he probably picked up on it but during the conversation Al is talking about uh, a recent fold in that he did and describing the fact that he he he's unable to just draw the same face over and over again that he's got to imbue view every single one of them with um you know with their own unique personality uh just such an incredibly influential magazine for myself and so many other people uh, just in terms of um you know my the, my sense of humor and and uh, my 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 appreciation of, of art and and pop culture and all, all these other things and uh, Al is, has been the 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 one constant throughout the years. He's he's you know I think he's maybe missed one or two issues in, in the entire time that he's been uh, that he's been he's been working for Mad. Um, so just just an absolute honor to sit down with him and uh, we spoke for. An hour and a half. I, I, I you know, the, the man's ninety five, and as he mentioned during the conversation, he's a lot closer to, to being ninety six. Uh, towards ninety six in, in, in March, in fact. Um, and I, I didn't know. I, I didn't know what his stamina was going to be like. I, I didn't know how long I was going to get him for, but I was going to push it for as long as I could. And you know, we managed to get an amazing ninety minutes out of it, and then turned off the quarter and just. Kept talking about some just really, really deep stuff. Uh, you know that um, I, I wished, I wished I had gotten on, on record, but you know maybe for the best that I didn't, because you know some kind of um, some some sort of some some personal stuff and 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 some stuff about what it's like being ninety five and what it's like knowing that. Um, I mean, obviously that uh, that uh, you know you're. You, you know, he, I mean, you know. Well, I won't go into it too much, but um, he he just really said some some really amazing stuff, and you know, he's somebody who has had a, an incredible career and, and can really look back on it. And I think be, can be very proud of what he's done. Just sitting in that room and and seeing all of the the, the folded pages and the you know snappy answers to stupid questions and. The super rabbit stuff, and you know the stuff he did early on with Stan Lee. It's just it's absolutely incredible um, how much of a, a fulcrum that he's he's been for cartooning over the years. And you know, uh, was, was 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 just reading a, a Charles Schultz quote about him about how you know Al is the the cartoonist who can draw anything. Which, <laughs> you know, I mean, who 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 do you trust more about cartooning than, than, than Charles Schultz? you know the answer is is possibly al jaffe so uh thanks again to him for doing that it was uh, one of one of the great pleasures of my interviewing career it was actually the second or third time i've spoken with him but i have have not come anywhere near close to to that length Uh, absolute pleasure uh again thanks to him thanks to uh to jeff newalt for helping set that one up uh thanks to everybody who's helped rayl out over the years um Thanks to Geneva and Brian for all their editing help over the years. Thanks to Mark and everybody at Boing Boing who who, who have helped us along. Thanks to you guys, listeners, for, for supporting us. Uh, you know any, anybody who's sent any any nice feedback or rate us on iTunes or support us on Patreon, very much appreciated. Um, you know, I'm sure. Most of the people who are listening to this know that I've got uh, lots of journalist day, day jobs. I, I work for TechCrunch during the day, and I do some freelancing on top of that. But um, just the ability to be able to do this every single week and and talk to uh, some of the people that I admire most in the world, and just to, to have some very frank and funny and interesting discussions with them is uh, one of one of been one of one of the great pleasures of my professional life uh, which isn't to say that we're going anywhere I know that sounds like the, the, the kind of so, last episode spiel but uh, lots and lots of good shows lined up in fact I just lined up a few more today that I'm very excited about uh, if, if you've been enjoying the program please consider ratings on iTunes now is uh, what better time than episode 200 to do that if you've got any feedback it's rwellcast at gmail.com you can follow us on Tumblr that's rwellcast dot com Uh, what else Uh, you can like us on Facebook and I think that's about all I got for this week I I will do my best to have my voice sound less terrible than it sounds right now when we return in about a week or so so stick around because we will be back with episode 201 of R.A.Y.L.